friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, the FedEx Cup has a champion. This is the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, known as Fairway Rollin'. I am your starter, Joe House. It is Monday evening. Labor Day. We have our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, on the line. Nate and I are going to go through the scintillating, death-defying, I can't even bother, DJ won. It was great. Nate and I are going to get into it. The first tee is open. Let's stroll on over and throw a peg in the ground. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Nate dog. What's happening, brother? California is 120 degrees. Everything's on fire, including my chances of winning the fairway rolling dough jacket. F you, Tony Finau. <laughs> F oh, you, Kiz. F you, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. God. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, well, but top five Tony was not top five this week. Top 20 Tony. Kiz lit our asses on fire oh. and just told us, you know, we, he took our good faith and, and, and turned it into something distasteful, but that's okay. They showed Bryson twice. Both times he was hitting a ball into the water. Like they... They've turned him into such a clown. They just—they should just play kazoo music when they show him. Like they only now show him making mistakes, and they laugh about it, and then they go back to to the other golfers. It's it's such a disappointing Bryson finish to the season. Yeah, well, I don't know if if they turned him into anything. I'm Fair pretty enough. sure that Bryson played a, a, a role in 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 the, this version <laughs> that, that we've all been. Enjoying the last 13 weeks. Is a, here's Bryson on the eighth tee. It's like, dur, 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 dur. he's in the water. <laughs> it's terrible. It is kind of funny. This place can be bomb and gouge. And so I thought that your 
forecast last week by and 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 putting him into the lineup was kind of shrewd and then he completely let you down it was a disappointment no jacket for me no jacket for you or for me i think i finished well, well we will uh talk about where we finish in the fairway rolling dough series uh at this event we still have two events to go so there is still a shot at glory uh the u.s open and the masters are still yet to come yeah and there will be FanDuel contests for both of those but dj has been on fire for a month now i love some of the stats that came out immediately after today's uh outcome how much money do you think dj has won nathan since august the 9th i think it's 19 million dollars uh, you know that's a it's an outstanding guess it's 18 point I think it was like 18.3, something like that. But yes. Are we the only people who are going to talk about the money today? Because the telecast definitely did not want to talk about the money today. I think they recognize it's slightly unseemly to have, you know, that of of all the years, it's every year this event, this made for TV um series and and made for FedEx relentless promotion can feel a little awkward because it's the 30 like most successful guys on tour just really loading up their bank accounts. Now, there are some nice stories. Sebastian Munoz from Colombia, I think, finished top 10. And and for him, not just the money, but yet, but including the money, all the access and everything that the uh, his making the top 30 in the first place carries along with it, it's, it's life-altering. And Scotty Scheffler finished great today. I think he had low round of the day. He had shot 65. He and Patrick Reed both shot 65. But, you know, there are some guys that we haven't seen. Brendan Todd, the Brendan Todd story remains as as charming um, as it had been. Now, he, he shot 74 today. Yeah, not with a 74 today. It was less charming for my FanDuel team. But, <laughs> but he did... You know, m- making it into that that top thirty, and you know, I'm I, I don't yeah. have the the money listing in front of me. Well, to see, yeah, yeah. I mean, Scheffler made two and a half. Yeah, Munoz, and he made a putt to make two and a half. By the way, to break out of a tie with Morikawa, uh, Munoz made one point one, and uh, Billy Horschel made three hundred ninety five thousand dollars, and he didn't even really need to show up. We never saw him once. Yeah, Billy. I mean, this is I'm disappointed. We had a, a very good thesis for this week. With Billy Horschel and uh, Kisner and Webb yeah. Yeah. and the correlation with the with uh, the Georgia boys let us down and the whole with the whole thing just went flat. It was a great big wet fart of a of a correlation. So I, we'll just keep that in mind. Well, speaking of wet farts, uh, and we made jokes about the fact they didn't talk about the money on the telecast. But to be serious about this, DJ won fifteen million dollars. It's great, and in the post game. Uh, live stream press conference, he made a joke where they asked him how he felt about it. And and very lightheartedly, he said, I feel great and my bank feels great too, right? So he did talk about the money, but it just felt like on the telecast that, you know, President Business was standing over Dan Hicks being like, do not talk about this. Do not, do not talk about this. And the Twitter golf chatter got so loud about it that some intern ran into the room on like the 17th hole and was like, we got to say something or they're going to think we completely sold out. And so at one point he made a comment, I think Shoffley was putting, had a 13, 14 footer on the last hole. And he mentioned that this was for half a million dollars. But if they're going to keep our attention, 
There's 30 guys this week, and we didn't see anything but the top guys coming down the stretch, which I get because it's a tournament. But there's a while where it wasn't very interesting this morning and where some of the guys coming through at the end were making putts that were going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars difference in their bank account. I mean, a T8 in this, Sebastian Munoz, you said, 1.1 million is what you make for winning on tour. Usually, you know, a T8 is going to make you maybe less than 200 grand. So it, it, it matters, and I just wish they would lean into it. And then, hey, put a mic in front of DJ and say, lots going on in the world. How are you going to use this money and this platform for good? Let's, you know, we talk about the good things the tour does. Let's get those guys to talk about it. We just, well, they, if, it felt like they were trying to hand out $45 million in the dark. So this is exactly the, the tension with this event in this moment, in this extraordinary time that we're in, right? There, there is uh, a bit of an identity crisis because of how, you know, the, the, the most compelling thing about this is, in fact, the money. The, the only thing that's, that makes this interesting. And I will confess, I watched very little golf over this weekend. It was absolutely beautiful in the DMV, in the Washington, D.C. area over the weekend. The humidity uh, magically disappeared, and I was out on the golf course my own self uh, as much as possible. So I only sat down and watched really th this afternoon. I, I poked in and out, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just to see a little bit. But, you know, you see the leaderboard DJs just handling this business. And it's like, I don't need to like go commit three and a half hours to the telecast. And it's obvious that they were desperate, you know, to try and, and generate some narrative. But like, you know, you, you can't manufacture drama the only interesting drama to this event is the money and it's a terrible time to be talking about rich white guys there's like there's a like you know that the, 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 there isn't a lot of like n natural storylines that emanate from professional golf that resonate with kind of the, the the moment that we're in but you know the the um competition today for about two and a half hours was interesting. Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley both played really solid golf and made things, you know, if DJ had made, made one mistake on the back nine, it could have gotten really, really interesting. DJ just was not inclined to make any mistakes on the back nine today. And so, you know, the only drama was really uh, around second place. Um, and th and that, that's all fine. But, you know, we're, the, the tough thing is, on the one hand, we congratulate the tour. They got in 13 weeks, Nate. Like, they did sort of great. Really, honestly, against all odds. They, they really, there were people calling for the tour to shut down. Uh, you know, sort of when we were a handful of events in and, and folks, you know, um, players and caddies were coming down with the, with the virus. But it turned out that the tour had a pretty good protocol in place to keep mostly everybody safe. And they successfully pulled off. 13 weeks, um, you know, the, they didn't get to all the venues that that the, the schedule called for. And so a lot of charities and a lot of communities um, didn't get the influx and infusion that the tour um, is capable of, of providing. But, you know, they have a schedule for next season. It's 50 events. And, you know, it looks like they're going to try and make up for that lost time. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. On all those points, I just would have liked to see the tour not... It, it was a little bit... It was borderline insulting to not talk about the money after it's hyped that way in so many places leading up to it. I, I think that the tour players want to and ought to be using their platform to contribute to the moment 
that we're in right now. And I think it's okay. You know, hey, LeBron James and a bunch of basketball players are making millions and millions of dollars right now in a bubble down in Orlando, and they are finding ways to make that money while also using their voices for social justice and change. I would have liked to at least uh, let us own up to what this is and what's exciting and interesting about it. By the way, we're doing business development deals with every gambling site in the world as the PGA, we are, uh, right? And so the PGA is putting up odds and talking about... So there is a lot... Here we are talking about picks every week, and I just would have liked... To, for them to own it, but then own what comes with that. And what comes with that money and that platform is a responsibility to affect change and to use those resources for good. And I actually think you've got a group of guys on tour who in their own way do that. None, none you know, more celebrated than Zach Johnson this week, who you know, won the Payne Stewart Award, uh, which is basically the golf equivalent of man of the year, um, but this is a guy who has affected his community in tons of ways. He and his wife and his children in all kinds of ways. You know, I, I, th- why not? Why not exempt Zach Johnson into the Tour Championship? The guy who wins the Payne Stewart Award should automatically start at even par and get to play. Just to bring to the forefront so much of the good that you pointed out the Tour does. So th- that that was my only disappointment today. I was not disappointed in the competition because for all those people out there, you tell me what you saw, but for all those people out there who've thrown darts at this as just a way to sort of hand out money, this was real competition with people who really wanted to win. DJ, this mattered to him clearly. And we know because Wayne Gretzky apparently told one of the golf reporters that that DJ cared about that. But also Justin Thomas, you know, mentally came in with the lead last year and didn't handle it very well. And one of the things we should talk about today is that I, JT, but for two putts, w- one inside two feet, one inside five feet, and then he brought out Senior Slappy, that right drive that he hits in the crunch time sometimes that, that screws him. He brought that out on 17. But for those three swings, he's in a playoff with DJ right now and anything can happen. So yeah. the, the golf was great. I don't know how you felt. I, loved, I liked the golf very much today. I, I was bored to tears by it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, yeah. the, the, like I said, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there really wasn't anything that that, that really like, oh, I gotta go sit down and, and and catch this. Do you care? Do you care about who won strokes overall? Were you paying attention to that? Only because of the gambling aspect of it. So uh, and and Xander won, right? It wasn't even close. Yeah, but if we could tweak this in one way, it feels like the winner should get 14 million of the FedEx Cup and there should be like a million dollar bonus for whoever has low strokes, right? Because I think Xander, Xander was what, 15 under and Scheffler was 12 and then JT and DJ were at 11. So I don't know. And no, I, I agree. There are all, way, all kinds of ways to innovate with this. And I, you know, there there is a persistent and, you know, a, a reasonable criticism of the format. I think it will sort of be this way in, in perpetuity because, you know, um, the, the tour does not want to give up on, uh, you know, the, the stroke play format. And so, you know, I, I don't know what you do. Lots of folks have come up with, with suggestions, but I think it was fun. I, I just want to, I want to care about guys 25 through 30, you know, over the course of four days, as opposed to the top five who seem to be, you know, it's really the top four and Scotty Scheffler who, who, were worthy of of camera time unless they create some incentive structure that's a little bit different. That that that's right, and you know we we were going to have to be content with that. I think because um, I don't I don't imagine 
tweaks, like what you just mentioned in, tw- in terms of tweaks makes a ton of sense. They're giving the, the Payne Stewart award winner uh, an automatic sort of spot in it. And you can come up with, just make it a charitable thing. Take take whatever money you want to you want to associate that with, and let it go to the charity of of that player's choice. That that would be absolutely terrific. All right, birdie buddies, quick break from this recap of the Tour Championship. We want to talk to you about FanDuel and our FanDuel lineups, and how Nate and I did with our lineups in the fairway rolling dough extravaganza brought to you by our good pals at FanDuel. I honestly, Nathan, am am relieved. I finished 1,063rd out of 2,930, notwithstanding the very best efforts of Kevin Kisner to absolutely submarine my lineup. It's humiliating to tell you that I did significantly worse and might as well have finished DFL in this competition <laughs> because Bryson DeChambeau decided to treat this as a as a as a fun afternoon in Atlanta instead of a real business trip. And so did formerly top five Tony, now top twenty Tony. And and Kiz, we overlapped, and Brendan Todd decided to shoot a 74 today. So yeah. I, I had Thomas and I had Rom. The rest of it it didn't go so well. So in these things, I think you have to zig where other people zag. And so I went contrarian and it really just just definitively did not work out for me this week, House. Well, well, you know who it did work out for, Nate? Pokey, 777-777-777. bucks in his wallet because he assembled a team featuring John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Tyrrell Hatton, oh. Patrick Reed. It was, it was, Tyrrell Hatton was staring us in the face. How do we leave? And, and, and Scotty Scheffler, our boy, who we talked about as the restart got going, you were all over Scheffler, and neither one of us had him in, in our lineups this week, Nate. Pokey Sevens, you got to tweet at us and let us know what your jacket size is. You haven't won it yet, but we're at least going to get a few made in your size. Well, he's got to jump Mikey Laz. Mikey Laz won the PGA Championship, now we're Pokey Seven, so we'll have to look at the leaderboard and see... Where those guys line up. Two more events to go, though. We still have the mass, the the U.S. Open in about ten days. Redemption, and then and then the Masters. There's still an opportunity for somebody out there to take down the blue jacket as well as some of those great cash prizes and some Ringer gear, as well. I have another announcement for all of our pals having to do with FanDuel that is absolutely sensational. FanDuel and the Ringer are teaming up for football season, and we've got something new that we're all excited to talk about. It is all season long the free Ringer mega contest on FanDuel. You have heard of the super contest conducted by the folks out there in Las Vegas. Here's how it works. You pick five NFL games against the spread. You pick one game as a double down. You get one point for every correct pick, and if you get your double-down pick, you get two points. FanDuel's adding up your score every week. You have to finish in the top 100 on the season-long leaderboard. You get into playoffs, and that's when the cash gets going. You compete for a share of $25,000. All you got to do is go into this free contest, pick the five games that you like the best against the spread, and see how you do. Nate. What do you got? It's season one in the NFL. We're going to play football, it feels like. Who do you like this week? 
I don't understand how Seattle is only getting one against Atlanta, and I don't get how Tennessee is getting one and a half against Denver. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. My lock of the week, I absolutely adore the Buffalo Bills laying less than a full touchdown against the the the, the putrid New York Jets. So that's going to wow. be my number one. The Ringer Mega Contest is free every single week, only on FanDuel. You go to fanduel.com slash mega contest to make your picks today. That is fanduel.com slash mega contest. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I want to do a little bit of, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, a bit played out, but let's, let's go ahead and sing some of DJ's praises because yeah. it's just been really insane an insane run. He is, uh, 45 under par in the playoffs, That's six, 16 strokes better than anybody else. Uh, he, uh, his, he had a 54-hole lead in each of the last four events. Now, he, he only won two of those four, but uh, it took, you know, Colin Morikawa at the PGA Championship and then John Rahm in the in the playoff last week were the two that, that DJ... The devil did, putt, the 66-footer. Yes, the 666. That's exactly right. Um, and DJ puts in, into his, uh, his vault another three-win season. And since 2008, the most wins on tour, Dustin Johnson. 
23 wins on tour since 2008. His his rookie season. Does it give us does it give us revisionist history for the criticism that we threw his way about losing the 54 hole lead at the PGA? No, he's got to go win a major. He's got to have the lead at a major and go win the major. Right. That's he, it. If he wins at Wingfoot, and you know, I, I'm sure the the betting odds right now are preposterous. Yeah, but if he wins at Wingfoot, that really validates the career, right? If he has Wingfoot and Oakmont, two U.S. Open majors plus the Tour Championship plus the the the, the number of of wins, that that's a career. He said in the post game. He said this is the best golf he's ever played in his life. And concurrently, JT was giving an interview saying that he played with him at the Memorial and he's never seen DJ as lost as he was. He said he couldn't play, he couldn't putt, he was completely lost. And that really is the story of DJ, right? He's been in and out of clearly having the highest ceiling, I guess, of any guy other than Tiger who's on tour for these past almost 10 years but he just hasn't been able to either keep it as consistent as we'd like or in those really big heated moments, close it out in a major. When I, you know, sort of widen the aperture and look at the last four weeks, you go, well, first of all, it's golf. And so, you know, he, he again, he did shoot a good score at the PGA and Morikawa just came and nipped him at the line, right? And same thing happened with Rom dropping the devil putt on him. So you just have to put yourself in that position, Tiger would always talk about how many times Jack finished second, right? But for DJ, it's it's been about the consistency as opposed to these flashes and moments of greatness. And I, you have been talking about this now on this podcast for almost six weeks, saying, I can't wait to see DJ at winged foot. I can't wait to see it. I wish we could fast forward and see it because that's really, uh, all narratives are leading to that moment, which is if he can actually now, based on what he's done over the last month, and then go, you know, win at Wingfoot. I mean, where does he rank in the all-timers? I mean, he, he, a legit discussion for for top 10. You can start, you know, really making an argument for around, you know, that the top 10. Not not cracking the top five. I, I wanted, Speaking of narratives, one of the things that was um, reported during the telecast today, DJ has, and speaking of Wingfoot, never played Wingfoot in his, in his, tire, in his entire life. He and his brother are going up there apparently this Thursday, for his first round, they're going out with one of the wizened caddies that have been there, you know, for for decades, and they're going to go around and try and learn something about the greens. I mean, no time like the present. Where we're t- Thursday will be, you know, exactly two weeks out from the commencement of, oh no, one week out, yeah, from the commencement of of the yeah. This coming Thursday will be one week away from the commencement of the U.S. Open, so. In that respect, you you hope the hot hand that DJ has can continue. On the other hand, you know maybe I'm overthinking it, but the, the all of the intrigue and mystery and you know legendary status of Wingfoot emanates from the incredible Tillinghast design and the and the way the greens over the years. Now there has been some restoration work done, and you know the bunkers, the strategic placing placement of the bunkers, and so forth. But like it's the greens that are the thing up there, and I hope that they get enough of a look for it yeah. and look at it and a feel for it. What do you think? It's a good point. Here's the uh, glass half full. So my brother, I think, is last man in the U.S. Open. Maybe uh, Danny Lee is 
is going to get in as the last guy. But otherwise, it's, it's Mark Hubbard is into the US Open. Hooray. And I said, God, don't you wish you'd seen it? And he's like, look, every time I come out to LA, we play LACC. I take him to go play there. I'm not a member, but we've got some friends who are nice enough to have us on. LACC is hosting the Open in a couple of years. And he's like, I, I, I'm not going to recognize it come US Open time because it just changes so much. So the glass half full is, hey, DJ's going to get there now and see what the course actually is in this moment. He knows he's got to put it in the fairway. He knows he's got to, you know, be be prepared to sort of run a ball up on a green that's completely dried out. But but uh, the most important uh, detail that we're not going to know for a week is whether the USGA is going to respond to the way that the FedEx Cup courses set themselves up. Uh, to give us a little bit better show. Because the, in, in past years, these courses have started to brown out and the telecast has just been so-so to shitty, if we're being honest. One of the things we saw through these FedEx Cup playoffs, in particular at Olympia last week, but even this week, was a setup that was tough and interesting, but fair. Um, and so how they set up Wingfoot is really going to um, be very, very interesting given how much chatter there's been about course setup since the restart. Pebble last year was set up pretty damn fair, I thought. You're right. It's hard to it's hard to make Pebble because of the moisture and the weather. It's right. hard to completely dry that place out, right? It's hard to turn it into into what we saw a couple years uh prior to that. Um you know, when Tom uh, when uh Jordan won, when when DJ won, when Brooks won, you, you know, those were courses where you know, it wasn't quite, speaking of Zach Johnson, it wasn't quite, they've lost the course, but it was pretty close. But for DJ, I, I think given, you know, his, if he's hitting fairways, the only question, he's now putting the ball so well that the only real question is going to be his distance control and whether, you know, he can, he can land those balls close to the hole. And I think a lot of that's going to, going to depend on the condition of the green. So, you know, he'll be out there next week, but the drying process is going to start probably shortly after he leaves. Well, we'll have to see, you know, how much of that they can do. Like the weather forecast, I think it's lush up there right yeah, now. Like that's it's the not, report. It's not dry. No. And you know, if it if if rain comes through, uh, you know, just a couple times um, between now and and next Thursday, they, they they can only do so much. It isn't Augusta, right? They can't suck the water out. L- listen to us, House. We are talking about not the inevitability, but sort of a Tiger-esque conversation about a guy who, if he goes on and wins the U.S. Open, we will not have seen a stretch like this of just consistent winning golf since Tiger. Tiger. Tiger is it. Period. 100%, which is sensational. I'm thrilled. I'm yeah. thrilled to have this. I, I Again, it's just an embarrassment of riches. Like we went, you know, 13 weeks of successful tour events really incredible play like Colin Morikawa and 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 DJ and Bryson have been the story of the restart those are like great stories like incredible play and each one with its own particular you know charm I, and and you didn't even mention JT who coming into this week you probably would have said was player of the year uh, you know, pending the outcome of this, he's it's clearly DJ now, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, we didn't talk about John Rom, who, I mean, his game is like his temper; it's either completely on fire or 
Not at all. And we saw all that. Th that's what was great about Eastlake. I think we saw the bits of each player come out. Morikawa is never going to smoke the field by 10 strokes, but he's always going to be there, right? Justin Thomas, like, I love the guy so much. And in the moments when he's not at his best, you're never sure exactly what it's going to be. If you told me he was going to be, uh, he was going to lose 1.6 strokes putting this week, I would have told you, you, you got to be kidding me. It's not JT, right? It, 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 the rest of his stats look like he should have won this tournament. And in fact, I think as he's flying home right now, he's thinking I should have won it. I had it. You know, I was only a couple strokes away. Um, but it just, it, there's so many guys right now who are nipping at the heels of greatness. It, it's a great time to be there. And that's before we even talk about rookie of the year. Who's your rookie of the year? Um, it's Scheffler. I understand... Um, and really don't have much quibble with anybody that would say Hovland because Hovland's the rookie with the win. But it was an opposite field event, and Hovland has been wholly underwhelming um, since the restart. You know, really terrific advanced metric scoring in a couple of different categories, but his Sundays have been so flaccid. Like, you know, an opportunity to go out there and make a mark, and Scheffler now has a whole slew of top fives over the last six weeks, seven weeks. So Scheffler's my guy. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, he was first in shots gained approach this week. Victor was second, but Victor was 29th in putting and lost almost six shots to the field. I mean, Victor's short game is what's in the way of him really moving to the next level. I mean, like nobody fumbles a chip like Victor Hovland, maybe my son with nachos on the couch. But other than that, Victor just has got to figure out the short game to get the next level. That 59 we saw from Scotty and the way that he played over the last couple of weeks uh, really hammered it home for me, along with the fact that you and I talked about him during the restart pod. So we're going to we're gonna ride our guy all the way through. Well, and, and you know, he that, that 59 and then the continued good performances have validated him being in the last group on Sunday of the only major that's been played in, in 2020 thus far. Do you feel like Webb Simpson should have played last week? Or do you think he lost a little momentum coming in? Or, or do you agree with his decision to stay out? I have to confess something. What's that? I think he's a lovely man. Um, it, it's clear that he's a family man. That, you give that no shits dedicated. about Webb. I really don't. Every single time that I try and buy into him a little bit, he, he lets me down. Yeah. It's a very deflating experience. Yeah. And he was, I went all in on him this week. And it's, it honestly feels like the, the 10th time in my life that I both, you know, wagered a little bit out of my own pocket, put him into fantasy lineups, put him into DFS. And he just, it's just, it's just a letdown. And so, you know, God bless Webb. Good on you. Great career. Terrific play since the restart for the most part. And I have no idea whether the the going home, you know, he has a whole bunch of kids. He may want to go home and be with his family. That's fine. He just came out and, and limp-dicked it around the whole, for four rounds, and he's going to collect, you know, whatever paycheck he gets for this, and that's fine. Congratulations. Well, the flip side is you, you, pick, you picked Webb for your FanDuel team, which is why you're upset. And I, I sympathize with you. I, I didn't make that mistake. I made other mistakes. But a great decision that you made was to pick Xander. And so how do we think about Xander and, and that choice that you made and, and coming out of this restart? He didn't get a win, but boy, was he good. Is that enough? Well, we know <laughs> for him now, 
if there's a golf tournament, a professional golf tournament at East Lake in Atlanta, Georgia, Xander Shoffley, and if, if he's in that tournament, he's got to be in your lineup. That's right. He is. He is incomparable. So since the 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 FedEx Cup began in 2007, Nate, and this is from our homie Justin Ray. The most rounds played at this venue without a score over par. Xander Shoffley has 16 of those rounds. The next closest to him, Rory Sabatini with four. Hmm. We need Xander to win a golf tournament. I mean, even even Daniel Berger won a golf tournament since the restart. Xander's got to win. He's too good to not win. There was something weird today on the telecast where... I think it was Dan Hicks asked Faraday, who'd had Xander and his dad on. It's like, what did you learn about Xander? Right. And Faraday gave a super generic response, like he didn't even remember doing the interview. But the last thing that he said before Xander putt was, he's a little unorthodox. And I don't know what that means, but what's unorthodox is playing such good golf like he has and not winning a golf tournament. So I'd love to see him step up a bit. Uh, he wasn't disappointing this week. He was great. I just, I think Xander threw every punch he had this week. I think he left it all out there. JT I, left some things out there this week that yeah. could have made this closer. Yeah. Xander's bogey on 13 changed the tournament for him. Both he and DJ in the, in the rough on, on the right, both of them chip up to the front. Both of them leave their chips short. DJ makes his putt, Xander misses his, and Xander never really did get, you know, close enough to where some score swapping could occur. But, you know, look, I the interesting thing to me, and, and you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, we have like a serious, legit eight names yep. that can absolutely flat out win the US Open. Like any one of those eight, you would feel comfortable. I'll probably, you know, bet some amount on on each one of the eight, and Xander is one of them. Did Rory show you anything this week that we haven't seen since the restart? It felt like same old Rory of late, which is he goes super hot, gets us excited, and then he has a completely tepid second and third round, and then maybe his fourth round, he heats up a little bit to end up somewhere in the top 15. 64 on Thursday was exciting. I really thought the baby bump was going to play out, but... um, I look. I who knows uh, what this time at home. It's absolutely. We talked about it with Sobel last week. It's magical to have a newborn baby in the household and the connection that you have with your loved one and what's going on in in that house. And who knows what what that will do for his spirit, for his psychology? Because it's not sixty four on Thursday means he's, the the game is fine. The game is there. Uh, and he closed out with his 67 today. So he just had another extraordinary season. You know, 2020 was terrific for him, but who knows? Who knows whether or not he can string four together? It is remarkable that DJ has played this well, and we are not speaking about him unquestionably unparalleled as the greatest player in golf right now. It just tells you how much talent there is in the game right now that after the U.S. Open, you and I might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's JT. Or, oh, Colin Morikawa is now the guy, <laughs> right? Or, or Rom. I like, well, you know, why I can't possibly leave out John Rom. He, he, he played really well this week. And he, he had 170, he shot 74 on Friday. That's it. 
And that was the difference in the week. That's it. You, you just can't shoot a 74. And, and his hot and cold is what gets in the way of him winning a tournament every now and then. He has a round like that once in a while. Yeah. And he'll bring it back with a 66 or a 64. But uh, as he thinks about his goals from here, again, he's a 25-year-old. Like, he's he just... We keep forgetting how young he is. He's 11 years younger than DJ. He's got a little bit more improvement to make, and maybe he's going to be the greatest. But it, it's a great time to be following all these guys. Oh, and, and speaking of setting goals, um, we are about 60 hours away. And whenever folks, uh, you know, listen to this podcast, even less from the start of the new season. <laughs> Speaking of some upcoming new goals, the, the you, you your body won't have fully processed your Labor Day dinner, and it will be the new season time. That's that's a fact. Uh, depending on your constitution, uh, we have a seven a.m. start Pacific time Thursday morning. The Safeway Open in Napa, California, Silverado. Yes, yeah. of course, of course, of course. That's it's absolutely terrific. That is where Johnny Miller will be there. Johnny likes to come out and say hello to everybody. That has its own set of intrigue, its own set of storylines and some betting opportunities. And so Nate, I propose that we reconvene this week and get another fairway rolling up. Hopefully you will be up Wednesday for everybody to hear some of our thoughts on the brand new upcoming PGA tour season. And of course we'll be talking about, uh, you know, what, what, what else we've learned in the last 48 hours about, what the best guys in the world are doing to get ready for the U.S. Open. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Thanks for giving us some time Monday on a Monday night, Nate Dog. Bring on the super season. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.